0: Hello everybody, this is Wendy Nystrom with Environmental Social Justice. Today I have a very old and dear friend of mine, Dr. Farouk El-Baz, welcome Farouk.
1: Thank you, good to see
0: you. Good to see you too, and for those of you who don't know who Dr. El-Baz is, let me give you a brief synopsis. He is a geologist who is world renowned, one of the first hires at NASA, chose the lunar landing sites, trained the Apollo astronauts how to identify rocks, first person to map the moon, You have a transporter named after you on uh, Star Trek Next Generation. I mean, you're remarkable. Um, uh, From the Earth to the Moon, Tom Hanks movie. There's an actual chapter dedicated to you. So you are world famous and one of my special friends. I've known you for about 30 years. But we want to talk about COP27 recently held in Egypt. There has been some blowback because there were about 800 private jets used the quote unquote class picture that they took was mostly men, um, not as diverse as it used to be, a lot of waste generated, a lot of pollution emitted, but Farouk has some very, very important points to point out why COP is still important. So Farouk, please take it away.
1: I think COP is very important because we need all of the developing nations to understand what is the situation of the environment and to realize that yes, we the developing nations know that we messed it up and we're going to get together and do something about the environment because if we hurt the environment, all of us will be hurt. So we need to explain this a little bit because they do not really understand this at all. They they say, you're the ones that messed it up. You're the ones that burned the coal and the uh, gas and you developed the nation and you're selling us your products. And now we're gonna tell us to stop factories well, you're the ones that made it up. Get the yeah. hell out of it or you go and fix it. We're going to do as much as we can, can possibly do now.
0: And you know, and it's wrong for the Western countries or Western civilizations to say, hey, we have this huge pollution problem. We're contaminating everything. We want you, the developing countries, to shut down, go back to the basics. How That's kind of you know arrogant on the Western nations to do that, especially with companies like Egypt, where it was held this year, India, Southeast Asia, Sub-Saharan Africa, um, what can we learn from this kind of poor messaging that we have fallen into? For lack of Very true.
1: First of all, we should admit that the developed nations, we are ahead of everybody, uh, admit to the fact that we're the ones that messed it up yeah. and say that we are going to be the, the ones that will pay for most of the, the uh, fixing of the problems. We're not going to yeah. shut you up or shut you off we're going to help you produce your things but not in the same way that we stupidly did and we're going to uh, uh, remove as uh, uh, delete as much of the of the things that pollute as much as we possibly can but we need to have an understanding and we know that we messed up things for you as well as for us
0: and so i always I tell that, yeah. yeah and i tell people pollution doesn't pay attention to borders or state lines It's atmospheric, it goes everywhere. So if we started it in the Western countries, it's migrating over to Egypt and India, everywhere it's circulating. Now, the funny part that we talked about is, we screwed it up, we should be helping these countries pay for renewable energy and for the infrastructure to build this. Are there any specific organizations that come to mind that you know about that are taking the charge on this?
1: Nobody's doing that. No one? Nobody's doing that in a serious matter, of course the United Nations has been talking about that a great deal but the, but it's only talking about it. so it is it's a matter of what where where does it happen and yeah. by how much? and are we really serious in the developed nations? are we really serious to say we are going to we are the ones to blame and we are going to pay our fair share. We're going to help others develop in different ways so that they will not com- com- pollute as much as we did.
0: Agreed. And one of the things, um, individuals I know that do quote-unquote impact investing, they're mostly in it to make a financial benefit or a profit out of this. And we need to, re- my personal opinion, that needs to be removed from the equation. This isn't about profit. This isn't about finance. This is about fixing the wrongs that we did. Um, Absolutely. I- Yeah, I recently spoke to a woman from the Tony Blair Institute, and I believe they are starting to try to do that or um, establish foundations to help people pay for renewable energy and the infrastructure. But you're right. We're doing a lot of talking, and COP has been accused for the past few years of a lot of talk and no action. Um, Any words of advice on getting people to be a little more progressive? You know, just move forward. Get it going.
1: I think... People have said that we should not have had that cup in Egypt, but I, th- I think that it, have, it, it has to be in places like Egypt and other countries. Yeah. countries. I think we should all of the meetings should be in other countries. So that they, they the people that, that, that get together and so on should see the problems for themselves and listen to the locals for themselves because we have been talking to the world as if we're talking to each other. And it is not the case. And we, we are talking to people that do not understand our language. They think they are well, arrogant, we're messed up, and we're the ones that messed it up, and we're going there to tell them to shut, the, shut it up. So the, the attitude is against us for good reason. And therefore, we should be dealing with it in, in, a, in a more intelligent way to approach them very differently, to not blame them for anything, and to tell them that we're here to come to help you, help us.
0: You've also been um, the entire time I've known you. you've Been a serious um, proponent for Egypt, and helping the people of Egypt, and you know, um, bringing people to understand Egyptians. Um, with respect to COP, you did want you you attended virtually. You did not go in person. Yeah. So you you know you you dialed in, which is the more um, environmentally conscious way to do it. Yes. With the next COP program that's going to happen, would you recommend more people go virtually? Do you think more people you know? Who should be attending? Because I know a lot of people, it's turning into um, networking, expense accounts, going out and dining. I saw a lot of pictures of very elaborate dinners. I think that messaging is getting a little bit lost of what the true meaning of COP is supposed to be.
1: Uh, Well, I'm I'm sorry to tell you that this is the world of today. There will (laughs) always be the people that have the... The fancy cars and the fancy dress and the the, the expensive dinners and all of that they will always be there and they will be talking from both ends of their mouth and what but that is that we we have to live with that because we we cannot really get out of it which means that yeah we can take we can live with some of that but we can direct the attitudes and the real work towards the 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 good for humanity and this is possible to live with some of this nonsense but make absolutely certain that in the final analysis, when the, when the meeting is over, we have enough of the information and the, the, the pathways to do better than we did before.
0: I agree. I mean, that is the ideal situation. Um, now, in Egypt, I know you've been working with Egyptians for many years on building out their technology, building out their corridors with respect to transportation and energy and and just getting people out of the concentration of cairo and down the nile um, what's the latest of what can we look forward to in, in egypt i know there's there's a lot of development happening there
1: there's a lot of development happening and it's actually improving the infrastructure because the infrastructure had suffered a great deal during the 30 years of of husni mubarak doing nothing that's that the that 30 years of mubarak was just to sit and eat and nothing not, nothing really Nothing better in their in their mind, and nothing better in their stomach. Even so, there was no, as if as if the whole world was in a standstill. So Egypt kind of suffered for for three three decades of doing nothing, and therefore there is a great deal to be done. The infrastructure has suffered a great deal. That the the roads are messy, the factories are messed up. They are, everything is dreadful. The, the pollution of the Nile is at maximum. More, many of the factories that were initiated during Mubarak's year dump their chemicals in the Nile. Can you believe it?
0: I can, no. unfortunately no. What, what, I, I
1: can Who in the hell would think of that? That's, that's It's massive. a lazy way out, you know that. Lazy way <laughs> out because it's close enough. Because if we need to throw it in the desert, then we have to make a pipeline and move such and that, that, that. But right here, it's 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 cheap. Dump it in the Nile, and no one will see it. So there, there is well, there, a great that... there is a great deal to be improved from 35 years of doing nothing.
0: Yeah, and they used to say the solution to pollution was dilution. That was a very wrong statement.
1: <laughs> the dilution, with the Nile water. The Nile water is is the only source of life for 100 million people now. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's the cradle of life. I mean, uh, well, one of the cradles of life. There, there are a couple. But um, so what would you like to see? I won't take up too much of your time because, guys, Farouk is extremely busy. So I only have a couple minutes. But um, what would you like to see come out of all of this? Um, solar, wind, geothermal, um, hydrogen, what, vision, fusion. We, we've got fusion now, apparently. That's fantastic. What would you see is like moving everything forward and helping
1: people? Every country should do as much as it can with the, with, the, with the nature around it. Of course, fusion can be probably worked out very nicely in the US. but fusion or nuclear or something like that will be a disaster in a place like Egypt, where oh. people are not uh, not aware of the of the, the miserable results of not being not being very careful in doing things in, yeah. in, in Egypt, I would say solar energy is it. Do not use anything else but solar energy. Why? Because Egypt, the Western desert in Egypt, gets the largest amount of solar energy anywhere in the world. There you go. The desert west of the Nile gets a number of solar energy of 200, which means oh. the received solar radiation is capable of evaporating 200 times the amount of rainfall. Oh, wow. The driest place in in, Europe, in, in our country right here in North America, in, in, in California, it's called Death Valley because it's the driest place in, in in the U.S. The number for that is seven. And oh. the number of that in, in Egypt is 200, meaning the solar energy in, in Egypt is like no other place on Earth. Therefore, I should use solar energy, and that's all that I use, nothing else.
0: Absolutely. Oh, see, I didn't know there was such a vast amount coming in, but Huge. it makes sense. It makes sense. Huge. So everything should be solar guys. Um, that's the way to go. And
1: only, only solar, not to use anything else. <laughs> put
0: panels up everywhere. So okay, so I will not take up too much of your time, but do you have any lasting words that you want to say and let people know what's going on in your world, what you're working on?
1: No, but then as far as the uh, the meetings first in the uh, with about the energy and about the uh, the world and so on, I think meetings meetings internationally are good. And even going to these places are very good, and so even those are some problems, and some people too don't really think of it, but uh, more more discussions is, is good, more exposure is good, and more knowledge is good. so that I, I, I encourage people going to places like Egypt and India and uh, Malaysia and all of these uh, countries to to continue the discussion and try to figure out a better way of dealing with the environment no question about it.
0: Absolutely agree. I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of everybody needs to communicate effectively, which, folks, if you ever watch the show, no acronyms, no high-level jargon. I want everybody to understand what we are saying. Us environmentalists tend to get caught up in our acronyms. So I'm always talking about people, you know, some person may have an opinion over here, someone may have an opinion over here. If we can meet somewhere here, it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it's it's a meeting of the minds. It's a meeting of the middle. And if we're tearing each other apart, we will never move forward. So. That's- This is what we gotta do.
1: This is a very good way of putting it. And uh, you just proved to me again, that we were right in considering you our best graduate from Boston University's Geology (laughs) Department.
0: Well, I'm not gonna say no. That's kind of awesome to hear, especially from you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thank you for that. That's very kind of you. And um, you know, hopefully one day, many people will see your interview and we will get more meetings of the mind and more discussion and more negotiation. Sure all about negotiation. So thank you, Farouk, my darling. I love you. And I hope to see you very soon. Stay well.
1: Thank you very much. Take care.
0: Thank you. I'm Wendy Neiston with Environmental Social Justice with my esteemed friend, Dr. Farouk Abbas. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.